It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When it comes to the young Reds pitching staff, it's what do we know versus what do we hope? You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr, and Steve Offenbaker will be along with me shortly as this is a play of the the live show, the live Q&A portion of our Aloha Friday that we did on a Thursday because of the holiday weekend, and you are Locked On Reds. Thanks so much for checking out this bonus edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Remember that during the off season, you can catch us on Fridays, usually on Fridays to this one was a Thursday, but usually on Fridays around 2 PM Eastern time for an Aloha live edition of the podcast. As we take your questions and your comments about this Cincinnati Reds team, because we are plugged in when it comes to the Reds, we live, eat, sleep, breathe, everything Cincinnati Reds here on the lockdown Reds podcast. It's part of the lockdown podcast network. We are your team, your Cincinnati Reds every single day all throughout the season throughout the off season as we lead up to spring training you can trust us to bring you reds content rumors news transactions all of that great stuff right here on the lockdown reds podcast got a lot to get to a lot of great questions we're going to start first with one about uh is joey Votto coming on the podcast soon which would be really cool and then we'll jump into this young reds pitching staff Let's keep going with these questions and comments. As always, Jeff, the the comment section is on fire with great questions and comments. I do want to grab this next one because, boy, would it make my whole day. Here we go. Joshua says, so when are y'all getting Votto on the show? Listen, don't think that we haven't been trying to, to scheme that all along. Uh, my my honest answer to you guys for, for that type of an interview to happen, it's going to be after he's done playing baseball, and then we will we will pull upon every resource we have to try and make it happen because that's on my bucket list of guys to get to talk to. Uh, we will try and make that happen. It won't happen while he's an active player, especially now that he's a free agent trying to go to a new home. But don't worry. Someday we're going to make a full push to try and get Joey on here and, and and relive the red years and talk hitting and just sit around like we're, you know, kids at Christmas listening to grandpa tell stories. We're going to be all over that, but it could be like a three part episode, just talking about hitting like everything else right? <laughs> is to do multiple episodes. But yeah, that, that would be, I mean, that's definitely top of the list right there. Carrick follows up on his, uh, Teoscar Hernandez comment here and says reds need another right-handed outfielder unless they move Marte to the outfield. I don't necessarily think it has to be Marte. You know, you and I have talked about this, Jeff. Um, I'd be interested to see what everybody watching thinks, but uh, I think, you know, in that lineup earlier today, I put CES out there for reasons, um, you know, trying to balance the defensive concerns with the offensive concerns to get the bats in. I thought the better defensive alignment was to keep Marte at third, put CES in right, and then let Candelario play first base. Um, I feel like that's the best combination of defense amongst those guys. Uh, but I, I do agree that having one of those guys, whether it's Marte or CES, uh, potentially India, although I don't know about his arm out there, uh, having mm-hmm. another one of those infielders learn that outfield position gives them that 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 little missing element of flexibility. There's there's a lot of flexibility on this lineup. And there's a lot of guys that can move around, but just having one more of those out those infielders play outfield 
and, and I don't want it to be Matt McClain. Listen, I know when we first brought him up, I talked about the fact that, you know, if you're going to move somebody to the outfield, how about the guy that was an outfielder in college? Um, I, I know that's where I was. I have changed my mind having seen him play for a full season. Now I don't want him moved. I want him at second base or shortstop every day for yep. the rest of his days playing baseball um, with a C on his chest as the, ca- no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but, no, I, I agree though. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's it's Marte or CES. Like, I'm not strongly feeling one way or the other because it's all kind of hypothetical and, and speculative at this moment. But I think that if you were to, like, you know, really uh, sit them next to each other, compare them, Marte is going to have more range. I think CES has a little bit more arm strength. You probably want more range simply because Spencer Steer doesn't have very much in left field, and you're asking a lot out of TJ Friedel if you're going to buoy him with two guys that don't have a whole lot of range. But that's like squinting really hard at it. Either one of those guys, to me, really does improve the overall roster feel when you can move Marte or CES, especially against lefties, out in the right field. Branch Brown says Framber Valdez sure would look nice in a red uniform. What do you think, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Is there a fit? Is it a possibility? I love Fran- yeah. I love Framber Valdez quite a bit. He's, he would be the ace immediately. I don't know what he would cost. I know that there were some speculations about trade rumors and stuff, but I think Houston would probably be looking for most, if not all, major league talent in return. And I don't think the Reds are there. Um, I don't know that anyone's going to be there with Houston because I can't see like Houston. It doesn't feel like they're ready to enter kind of that period of retooling just yet. And that's where Nick crawl is looking right now. He's looking for teams that are wanting to take prospects for major league players, because I don't think he wants to trade anybody off the major league roster, even though Candelario gives them that flexibility. That's why we haven't seen a deal just yet. Cause I remember initially thinking whenever they signed Candelario, they're like, oh man, there's a trade coming almost immediately, like maybe either tonight or tomorrow or something like that. And it's been a few weeks and there ain't been any rumblings about a trade happening outside of the Blue Jays contacting on Jonathan India. But I, I just think that Nick Crawl is really angling for, we've got some prospects to deal from because we have a very deep farm system would you take prospects for your pitcher? And if they're saying no to that, then he is saying, well, thanks for your time. Matthew checks in and says, what about Adam Duvall? I'd like him. He'd be a straight platoon guy, but I I would like him. That would be the thing though. Like if you get a straight platoon guy, then you are a little bit deeper of a question. If they were to do that, who, who do they replace on the roster? Barrero, right? So it it would be, you'd have to cut Barrero. And be okay with it. so whatever you get, you'd have to consider better than your twenty sixth or your, well, your thirteenth guy in the position group. So I agree. I think that's I think that's Barrero, right? And I think that that's going to be the tough part is that you know the 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 big guy, the 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 top prospect from a few years ago. Like, are we really going? Are the Reds really at the point where they have an appetite for moving on from both Nick Senzel and Jose Barrero in the same year? call that pride, call that whatever you will. That's going to be the big question. If you're just going for a platoon guy, like no doubt about it, you go sign Teoscar Hernandez, see you Jose. Like we ain't worried about that. But if you're talking about a straight platoon guy, like Adam Duvall, that might be a little bit harder of a, you know, trade, you know, within the Reds roster to make. Mike Graham weighs in with this. He says, we had Nick Senzel. There was our right-handed bat. That tells me they don't want and or need 
a right-handed bat. Um, I have a different take on this. I think the Nick Senzel situation was such that they had fractured that relationship so much that there was really no way to keep Nick Senzel in Cincinnati without it becoming a noisy distraction for whatever time remained in that deal. I think that, that them letting him go was what was best for all parties involved and that it didn't really reflect what the current roster situation was. I think that was more about the relationship between the player and the team. Uh, I don't think that because letting him go, that means they didn't think they needed a right-handed bat. I think that didn't weigh into the thought process at all. That's the hardest part about, you know, these, these whole, this is how the roster should move. This is a great strategic move. This is how this player would fit in. What's that player think about it? Cause there's still the human side of this equation. And I think Nixon Zell had gotten to the point where he was just like, look, I think I could probably play everywhere. Or, or I could probably play every day somewhere else. And he was right. I mean, the Nationals have basically come out and said that he's going to be their everyday third baseman. So I think if you were to ask Nick Senzel right now, would you rather be the Reds' right-handed platoon bat, uh, their their option for right-handed platoon bat in the outfield, or would you rather be the everyday third baseman on the Nationals? And he's saying, I want to play every day. That's That's where he's at in his career because he's not yet proven that he can be – you know, a long tenured major league ball player. He wants to prove that. And that's, that's the, the opportunity that he now has. I don't, I don't think that this is a scenario at all where the Reds said, we are going to, you know, cut off our hand to spite our face here. We're, we're, this is really going to be, uh, you know, something for Nick so that he can further his career. And before we continue the questions in the comments, including do we really think that the Reds can actually outbid somebody for a good starting pitcher? I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel has great promotions for you right now as we are coming into the stretch run of the NFL season. As NBA is getting going, uh, college basketball is moving toward the conference schedule. Not quite there just yet, but almost into the conference schedule part of the season. So many great things to take advantage of over at FanDuel. Plus, they've got these uh, great introductory promotions offer for uh, new uh, users of FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and with your first winning money line bet of $5, you can get $150 in bonus bets. That's right. Just a $5 winning money line bet nets you $150 in bonus bets. Check it out today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and the official sports book of Locked On. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash Locked On and take advantage of their $5 winning Moneyline bet for $150 in bonus bets. Locked On has created the first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel on YouTube. Go subscribe to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and check out our local experts and our national shows covering every league. That's Locked On Sports today on YouTube, the first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel on YouTube. Craig says, with the fierce competition for starting pitching, can the Reds realistically outbid for a good starting pitcher? Absolutely. We, you know, we've talked a lot about this uh, as far as the resources they've got. They, they have the room. And, and listen, they have the room to do a big deal with a starting pitcher and still cry poor. Again, their current payroll is $75 million, roughly. And they're... Which factors in everything, not just right. like... League, you know, league average is 100 Right. League average is $125 million. So there's still $50 million below league average. Uh, I, there, there, there's room to wiggle there. Um, but 
carrot to your point here, the Reds are seven deep with pitchers. I would be happy uh, with opening day rotation that looked like Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, Abbott, Williamson. And then you've got Phillips and Martinez, uh, also a few from Louisville for an emergency. And, and you know, Chase Petty, uh, Rhett Lauder, they're all in the wings. They're all doing their things. I, I, this is where I was, Carrick, and it's it's hard for me to argue against what you're saying, and 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 those that listen that think the same way. Now, these are the same arguments that I came at Jeff with, but at the end of all of it, I don't want to just sign a starting pitcher to sign a starting pitcher. But if you sign a a guy that in this in in this scenario that you've listed, Green Lodolo Ashcraft, if you sign a guy that you can look at their statistics and look at their body of work and say, I'm building the rotation, and this guy that I'm signing. I will start in front of green. I will start in front of Lodolo. I will start in front of Ashcraft. You sign that guy. It makes this team an instant playoff contender world series possibility. You make that move. You, you, you continually upgrade the team. Uh, but if they don't, if that's what they open with, I'm okay. I need them to do something with the outfield though. Then again, I want two of three. But Carrick, I hear you. It's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to argue against what my own argument was when we started this process. But I've come around in as much as saying, you go get me a guy that's going to start 32 games and throw 180, 200 innings, and you look at his stats and he's better than than what we project Lodolo to be. He's better than what Ashcraft gave us last season. Then you sign that guy. It's a no brainer to me. I mean, yeah, it's easy for me to say. I'll spend Bob's money, cabbage baby. Right. Sell the cabbage. Right. And and I think that's the important part, too, is that th- there are guys out there. And this isn't just a scenario where we're making up this player. I want to throw up this comment again. We're not making up this player that is available. There are plenty of pitchers that are on the free agent market that the Reds could go get, could go spend money on, and bring them in right now. And my biggest thing, because, yes, they are seven deep with the potential talent. But who among this list has proved it? Who among this list deserves to be called a bona fide we're writing in and pin in the starting rotation right now you got to be super honest with this too because i have always stood on the table and said the potential of hunter green is to be a multiple cy young winner he has not done that yet he has not been close to that yet nicoladolo was hurt all year basically barely pitched last season graham ashcraft missed multiple months with multiple injuries andrew abbott I was really excited about and the the performance that he put on is amazing and the things that he has said we we talked about that on earlier episode today that you know he's saying all the right things and we're really excited to see how he moves forward but there's not a scout in baseball that will look at one year and not even a full year of performances and say they know what they know about that guy and call him a dude they'll call him a potential dude all of these guys are potential dudes but to bet on potential And to say that we know what we have based on potential is not satisfying to me. They need one guy that is consistent, that has proven it at the major league level to lead these guys and not necessarily to be like a clubhouse leader. I don't care about that. They've got plenty of clubhouse personality. They don't need that. They just need a consistent 30 start guy. And there's a couple of those guys out on the market that they can go get. Jared says Hunter Green is our ace. Hunter Green uh, could be our ace. Uh, if you look at all of the players that we have right now, is Hunter Green our ace? I want to start. Andrew, I want to start Andrew Abbott on opening day. So I mean, 
It's definitely a conversation it's because Nick Lodolo had the better 2022, right? Nick Lodolo had a better 2022 than he did. Andrew Abbott had a better 2023 than he did. So you, there's definitely a, it's a three-way conversation for sure to decide who is the best pitcher currently on this roster. I think potential-wise, I still say potential, he has the most. Uh, Andrew Abbott is going to be a solid two or three guy. Nicola Dolo, solid two or three guy. Hunter Green is a bona fide number one dude if he reaches his potential. He's still got to do some work to do that, though. I'm not, I'm not comfortable in saying right now, like, because you think about it, and, and we're comparing these guys with the guys that we currently have. Compare them to other ace pitchers that you've watched. Compare him to Luis Castillo. Is he as good as Luis Castillo was? Because that was our ace. Is he as good as Anthony DiSclefani was? Anthony DiSclefani for a couple of years, whenever our pitching was horrible, was our ace. I think he's right there where DiSclefani is, but to be honest with you, like, is that what's exciting about Hunter Green? No, there's still mountains of potential for him to gain. It's just he's not there right now. I hear this from Nick. Going into the season without adding quality starting pitching is malpractice. We keep coming back to that pass or fail. Did they do a good job or not? I don't buy into pass or fail. I, I there's there's I, levels. You can fail, but I you can also get a C, right? I, this this issue and 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 it's it's I the split amongst the the listeners on gotta absolutely have to do it versus the ones that think you don't have to do it. The the split sometimes feels 50-50. I I just What's the deal breaker move? Like what, what's the one, what's the one thing? Like if you only get one more move, is it the outfield bat? Is it the starting pitcher? Like if you only get one more move to, to, to cement this team, to be in position to win the central, which one of the moves do you make? And we'll answer that coming up right after this, because I want to tell you about how you can follow us in between episodes. You can follow me on Twitter X at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at lockdown reds. Also make sure to bookmark inside the reds.com Steve and myself and a great cast of writers are talking about the reds over at inside the reds.com. Make sure you bookmark that site today. Plus join the lockdown reds discord community. Got a link down in the description of today's episode. A lot of great folks talking reds baseball all year long. All right, let's jump back into this camera. The, the whole idea, you know, what is the one move that you want the reds to make if they only wake one more Steve only a Sith deals in absolutes. Oh, stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> but no, you're, you're right. Like if you make one more move, I don't know. Like I think uh, my argument is it's, it's a pitcher, but I, because I, I really like where the lineup is. You could make the argument that the talent in the pitching staff, the potential talent in the pitching staff is quite awesome. And should they reach it this year, this team is going to be amazing. It's just the the argument of betting on potential versus betting on what you know. It's it's really tough because that's how projection systems work. They project based on what they know. They don't really factor in the whole idea of potential. And then whenever you're putting in a future bet, that's all potential. There, there's a happy medium there. Like life is not black and white. I'm tired of this whole pass or fail thing. I'm tired of this whole, like it's either this or that. Like there's so many areas of life 
that there's plenty of gray area to work within. And that's where the Reds are in this offseason. They're working within the gray. I still think they've got a couple moves in them. Is it Teoscar Hernandez and Blake Snell? Probably not. But is it like, you know, maybe is it Teoscar Hernandez and then like a middle of the road starting pitcher that's going to give you 25 to 30 starts or something like that? Possibly. There's still a few guys out there that are like that. Is it going to be Blake Snell and Adam Duvall or Blake Snell and, and Michael Taylor? You know, it was something like that is probably more to the truth because our our fantasy baseball minds, our, our MLB The Show minds say, yes, they're going to go get the top at everything. But so, uh, you know, the Yankees think that, the Mets think that. The Mets and the Cubs, who have told their fans for the last three months that they have an unlimited budget and they all stood up in front of their fans like John Hammond and said, spare no expense. Like, they haven't spent yet. So they're getting ready to do that. Those guys are going after Teoscar Hernandez and Blake Snell as well. So that's going to be the hard part for me. Do the Reds beat those guys in an in a bidding war? Got to see what that means. But I, I do think that Nick Crawl is going to make the right moves at the end of the day, and he's still got two months worth of time to work with. Let's take a couple more before we get out of here, Jeff. Uh, Mike Graham says that we keep saying outfield bat. Are we not okay with Steer Friedel and Vincent out there every day? I'm not okay. David Bell's not okay. Every day. David Bell's not. Uh, and, and, and to be clear, I think you and I are both okay with Steer and Friedel being out there every day. Uh, it's that Will Benson part or Jake Fraley for that matter. And neither one of those guys, I think, has done anything to tell me they're going to figure out the, the hitting lefty on lefty. Um, and I know, I know, small sample size. You got to, you know, I, I hear, I hear that you got to let them do it in order for them to be good at it and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think at this point, if they were going to demonstrate that they could hit lefties, well, they would have already demonstrated that they could hit lefties. Well, um, I, I just am not okay going into the season without having a plan to platoon that at least that one outfield position in a perfect world, the reds could give Benson the leeway to hit lefties and still make the playoffs. Is that going to happen? Is is Will Benson playing against left-handed pitchers the reason that the Reds don't make the playoffs? If that's the case, then I don't know. There's some other stuff that went wrong. But that's not the way that Major League Baseball moves anymore. The idea is to mitigate you know, the, the, the weaknesses of your roster. And if you have a guy that can't hit lefties, then you're not going to say, well, we're going to sit him out there against lefties until he hits them. That just doesn't happen anymore. Like you have the guy on your roster that can hit lefties so that the guy who can't hit lefties sits and then waits for a right-handed relief pitcher to come in. Then you bring him in and you, and that's when you, you put him in the best possible scenario. That is not just the Reds. That's not just David Bell and Nick crawl. That's everybody. I mean, the Dodgers, the, 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 the Orioles, everybody has so many different lineups that they use. Even the Braves and the Braves have all the talent in the world. They still platoon some guys. Now, do they platoon Ronald Acuna? No. Is Will Benson Ronald Acuna? No. As much as we would love that to be the case. So I think that, you know, there, there's a, a world where he is given the chance to hit lefties, but that world means that the Reds are not in playoff contention. And I'd rather the Reds be in playoff contention. Let's wrap up with just a little bit of Blake Dunn talk. There's a, there's a conversation going in the chat and I I'm, can't grab one of them that kind of sets it all up, but it ends with this. Blake Dunn is better than these guys. Um, we don't know that. And the fact of the matter is Blake Dunn has not even reached triple a yet. 
is is Blake Dunn in the conversation for some point in 2024? Probably, maybe. Um, I, here's what I think happens with Blake Dunn. Uh, we, we've we've kicked around Blake Dunn conversation a couple times this offseason. He's going to go out to Goodyear. He's going to get into some uh, games with the big leaguers early on. Uh, no matter what he does, I don't see a scenario where he plays his way onto the opening day roster. I just don't see it. Uh, I think he probably starts the season not at AAA, but at AA. Uh, for a very short stint to kind of get back in the baseball groove. Then they move him to AAA and they see what he does. Uh, All-star break, maybe. September, more likely, if they need him. That's the way I see his season playing out. I think Blake Dunn is a 2025 conversation, is what where I'm going with this. We could get a look. Injuries could necessitate moving him along faster. But at the end of the day, I don't think he is a piece that can be relied upon at all for 2024 and really I I just I don't see him in the conversation I think the earliest and this probably requires there to be some kind of catastrophic meltdown of injuries in the outfield so I don't even want this to really happen but the earliest we could probably see him is June maybe July and that's with a lot of bad things going wrong with the outfield and them needing to figure out Think about this. Last year, there were so many different guys that got called up early on in the season between Ellie and Matt McClain, and you had Will Benson get a lot of playing time and all this other stuff. Why was that? There was opportunity. There, there mm-hmm. were bats to be had. They had injuries. They had nobody performing, like things like that. There is no opportunity on this team anymore. The opportunity is to be like a bench guy who comes in off the bench, who's a pinch hit type dude. That's not what we want out of a guy like Blake Dunn. We want him to be able to play every day. So I don't, I'm I'm with you. Like if he's going to play every day, that means that there's been a lot of things that have gone wrong. I don't see him being on this team very much and being a huge impact in 2024, probably more of a conversation. 2025 could be now, is he a reason that they don't consider going for a multi-year deal for a right-handed bat in the outfield? Possibly, but it's not going to be the reason that they don't make a move in the outfield this year. He's not in the plans this year. Yeah, I, I think that's right, Jeff. And I think that is probably a good spot to go ahead and wrap it up for the day. We have crossed the one hour mark. Thank you guys so much for being here for an Aloha Friday on a Thursday live holiday edition. Listen, happy holidays, folks. Uh, appreciate you guys as this year comes to an end uh, without getting into like all of the specifics, you guys. Um, and we'll talk about this a little bit more before the new year turns over. But I, I just want you guys to know how much we appreciate you all being here and listening and engaging with us. I, I will tell you that uh, between 2022 and 2023, our audience has more than doubled in size. Yes, and I just cannot Thank you all enough walking around Cincinnati and you guys stopping us and talking baseball with us and the engagement that we get from you is the reason why we do this and why we love doing it so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys all have a tremendous holiday with your families and we will be back at you next week. Jeff, uh, if you've got any thoughts and then get us out of here. Like you said, we love talking baseball with you. That is why we do this. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Aloha Friday on a Thursday. And everybody have a great Christmas, a great holiday. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Have we ever done an episode where you did not work in a stinking Star Wars reference? Um, not to my knowledge. <laughs> Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.